Hello and welcome back to the small introvert. I am your podcaster Salian, and in today's podcast, I shall be talking about things that are weirdly inherited in a human body. Now, there are some personal traits that I didn't know that could be inherited, actually. So yeah. Now, of course, there's a system of DNA. There's a system of chromosome. Uh, there's genes, genetics, so I'm going to be talking a lot about sciencey things. Now, let's say there's two parents, and they have each one has a set of genes that has been inherited by so many people. This is a little bit of biology lesson. <clears throat> and has been inherited for generation, 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 generation. And some of them do get true mutations. Combinations, linkings, uh, dismissive, uh, um, disassembly, I mean. Uh, sometimes even broken down by enzymes or body fats or things like that for survival. This is the thing that is known for uh, genetic mutation. Now, this type of mutations are not also only occurring from generation to generation. Or from parent to parent, or from child to child, but also through medication, uh, medical history, health, but also environment. Let's say, for example, why Chinese people have, not just Chinese people, general Asian people, even people from Russia, like the east of Russia, have pulled eyes. It's because of the cold. It's a environment. Uh, uh, environmental change that has occurred to their DNA throughout the generations. Why do people in Africa have melanin, have black hair, and either tan skin or black skin or even white skin? Why do people like in Scotland have redheads and freckles? It's also true environmental change. Heat, humidity, uh, sun exposure, uh, salt, uh, not salt, (laughs) seawater, altitude, and so on and so on. Food, diet, all of that. So it's not just, let's say, DNA inherited from family to family. It's also, like I said, environment. Now, and these traits are actually inherited by family. But from son to daughter, daughter to son. Anyway, let's start with fact number 10. Tongue rolling. I know, sounds weird. Around two-thirds of people are able to roll each side of their tongue together to form a tube of a shape. Without the least effort. This is something that we are taught to be learning, when in reality, it is actually a Mendelian trait. Which means it has to be, or it needed to be only passed down from one of the parents, rather than as a blend of both. And it has been discovered in 1940. Huh. Now, other Mendelian traits that are also known is eye color, freckles, hair color, melanin levels. Oh, yeah. Now, unlike freckles, however, the tongue rolling can be sometimes managed. Uh, with a lot of practice, non-rollers can learn to twist their tongue into a tube shape. 
the why they would want to is beyond us. <sighs> I really don't like why. <laughs> I think it's sort of like a copy pasting because with kids, with a family, with the unconscious, I think that is why. Because let's say, for example, we have 33 kids, like 33 kids. And one of them is a natural tongue for example. Why do the other three want to copy, or at least another one wants to copy? It is actually a subconscious thing. I presume it is. So, yeah. Now let's go with... <laughs> I mean, this is a weird fact. I don't want to finish reading because it's... Yeah. And like I said, for me, I think it's a subconscious thing. And there are some people who say, oh no, it's actually for a way to cool down the body. Because that is actually something that is learned and taught in yoga. Yes, I didn't do yoga, but I know this fact. Thank you, Zamalovich. It's the name of a drag queen. You can just look for her. Okay. Fact number nine, most men have hairy knuckles. That is something very known. Most men have hairier body parts. That is something that is also known. Some, most girls who are born are born with a hairy, furry face. That is a known fact. But having hair on your upper part of fingers, which is knuckles, between the mid phalange joint, is actually your genes. It has nothing to do with being male or female. Now, anthropologists have studied the stray strands for nearly a hundred years. My main question is, why? <laughs> but you can only sur surmise that it must have been a slow century. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> it is said to appear most often on the fourth finger or ring finger. Uh, on which I own, like I do, but very, very light. And it's most common among Caucasians, which are like me, fair skinned, black hair, black, brown eyes, or even a redhead. Well, redhead, not really, blondes, eh, maybe, but usually Caucasians like me. But the reason is not clear. Researchers believe that it is called may be related to the prenatal exposure to androgens, the hormones related to development of the male characteristics. Which is what I said just earlier. What the heck? The trait is said to be dominant, meaning that it must be present in one or both of the parents, though the gene to hirsute digest has yet to be isolated. Surely there's a Nobel Prize right there. Really? I don't know. I don't think so, at least. But I do know that, like I said, it might be also because it's also sensitive skin, like in mid-joint. Because it's not... Also, the muscle is... If you look at your hand, the mid-joint between the phalange joint, which is uh, between the knuckle and the first or should I say, the midpoint of your finger, 
uh, the, the muscle that there is there is actually very loose and you can feel the bone so this can be also a reason uh, even though I'm not a scientist but I can actually feel that because uh, yeah so it might be also as a protection or also because there's a lot of collagen and uh, edema which is the second layer the thickest layer between the skin between the exterior skin and the muscle so that could be also something very 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 predominant so yeah that could be it because don't forget for the hair to grow it needs the edema needs the edema and the follicle like the follicle root and also the nervous system so if I didn't have, let's say for example, if someone didn't have hair like me on my like on my index finger in the right hand, I actually do not feel my finger as much as when I feel in my middle finger, which where I have hair. Like that could be also a reason, like as a sensory, like uh, reversed whiskers, like snakes have. So that could be it, but also it could be because someone has let's say for example like me i have fatty big hands for a girl yes most girls have small hands i don't i know <laughs> i used to train so that's why uh, oh oh let us ASMR moment Shit. Oh. Okay, let's go with fact number eight. Hand clasping. Now, we're not always be aware of it, but every time we clasp our hands together, we are said to be following the hand clasping trait of our ancestors. Huh? What? At least one of our parents is likely to fold their hands in the same way we do. Isn't that something that we always do? Like, 90% of the people do? At least. In my family do it <sighs> which would perhaps be impressive if there was a large number of options basically however you can clasp your right hand over your left or your left hand over your right uh, what <laughs> it's a 50 50 choice it would be fair bet that one of our parents clasped their hand their hands the same way we do wouldn't it Wishers, however, have gone to great lengths to study this phenomena and have studies shown that over 55 people are left-hand claspers, 45, 44 are right-hand claspers, while 1% refuse to be put in a box and report having no preference. Not satisfied with the results, with these results, researchers went further and researched the family genetics of their subjects and discovered that the preference follows the same model of genetic inheritance that governs left or right handedness. Look, I am both handed, which is kind of weird because I do clasp my right over my left and sometimes I do the opposite. Which, because my mom is left-handed, my, my dad is a natural left-handed but right-handed. My mom is right-handed but natural right-handed but left-handed. 
Yes, my parents have been forced to use their opposite hand for life. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. I don't get it. Uh, and But that their preference for hand clasping was not related which hand was dominant. Duh, it won't. What? It's like the brains, like, let's say for example, like, if you're right-handed, I'm gonna give you an example that actually works. That's how you would know your hand clasping preference is gonna be scientifically. The right side of the brain is always uh, known for truth and for uh, uh, and for memory from the like from the front cortex to back. No, uh, the back cortex to the front. Whoops, I was flipping. While for the left side is actually for the creativity, lies and also uh, mythomania and all of that. Now, if you're a right-handed, your left side brain, the left side of your brain works twice the time or twice the effort or twice the energy consuming than your right side. While if you were a left-handed, it would be the other way around. That's the same thing with your clasping of the hands. What? Now, that is spooky. I'm not gonna lie. But the same research also discovered that the link between the hand clasping preferences and the arm folding preferences are somewhat anomalous findings that menstruating women often change their mind about which they preferred. Of course, I mean, our vagina is gonna be in control. Are you crazy? It's like we become, <laughs> I'm gonna say, it's like our vagina becomes a shark brain. It's like we have a second brain right in our cooch. What are you gonna expect? <laughs> uh, yeah, you better not. And they're saying like, no, we're not even gonna touch, gonna go into touch that joke. Of course you won't. You're crazy. Anyway, <clears throat> fact number seven, free earlobes. What? If you ever look at an ear and it starts to look weird, mm. ears come in all shapes and sizes, and one might think that the ears you get are just down to Dumbo luck. Oh god. Actually, I had big ears in my childhood, and I still do. But while in the shape and size and sticky outness, ugh, uh, maybe down to chance, your earlobes, it seems, as a result of genetics, uh, isn't your ears. In a hole to be a genetic thing. Ears are unique and it is believed that no ears are exactly alike except possibly one of the other side of your head. <sighs> the shape of the earlobe, however, is determined by allele, an allele gene, which is, as with all genes, we receive two copies, one from each parent. Earlobes may seem to have no real purpose except perhaps as an appendage to hang jewelry from. Uh, no, there's actually one because if you study Chinese medicine, especially acupuncture, it has such a big, big, big nervous system in your ear. And it's also actually very, very high and true to your eardrums, so it can actually help to generate, to uh, catch and regenerate and redistribute the sound vibrations that you get from outside. 
that's a little um, music slash sound engineering school. Well, lesson, not school, lesson. That is most people actually do not know. Now, they are believed to help to keep our ears warm. What? No. Uh, and may even help us to maintain balance. No, actually, they do not. They do help the earlobe in particular. They do help to suck, if I may, if I may dare to say the word, suck the excess vibration that the body emits every single day whenever we do a physical activity let's say for example you're running like you're i don't know like me like you're an average young woman who is 22 and you're a little bit overweight like i am and you are starting your two mile run on which i never do whoops whoopsie i'm supposed to start working out but i don't i'm lazy what can i say uh <clears throat> okay um, and when you start doing it, your ears, especially your earlobes, because I do have earlobes, which is kind of weird. Most people think that I don't. I do. Uh, my earlobes start jiggling inside out. Now, what they do is that they actually maintain, I would say this, they emit the same vibration that my body would do, but at the same time, they would suck up every single shock that I get from my foot hitting the ground, which is a physical thing, which is physics. So that's why. Now, there is two types of earlobes, major ones, at least the ones that are very common, the free and the attached. Now, which is a portion of the skin that belows to the point, oh, oh God, I'm losing out of breath. Now, the free earlobes are the ones that are the most common, which is a portion of the skin that hangs below the point at which it is attached to the other side of the head. Huh? What? <laughs> now, the free earlobe is thought to be a result of dominant gene. Attached earlobes, however, tend to be smaller in size and do not hang freely. Uh, I don't know why it reminds me of boobs. <laughs> no offense. For those of you who have attached earlobes or free earlobes please do not feel ashamed i'm not body shaming anyone i mean for god's sake i gave an earlobe example of my own body and i'm the one who hates my body the most anyway <clears throat> now <laughs> there are thought to be a result of a recessive gene however to date not discernible benefit has been discovered of possession of either type of earlobe uh, because ears are weird. Uh, no, actually, because ears are a sorry. Because ears is a very, very neglected body part that most people do not exactly focus on, which is only fair because uh, most people hide them. Most women hide them by hair, uh, haircut, uh, piercings, jewelry. So that's why. And most people do not really understand the importance of um, of medicine unless they are super hurt. And there's a lot of medicine that I have actually gone through, undergone, 
like uh, acupuncture, chiropractitioners, uh, herbal medicine, cupping, uh, which is hijama, it's also known. Uh, I've undergone also extreme facials, extreme body modifications, even though I don't seem like it. That's from dining at gym. Um, also, because I used to be a musician, that's why I know about sound and music theory. So that's why. Now, fact number six is actually something very funny because most people do not uh, think that is. Now, it is sneezing. I know, sounds weird. Like, I know that sneezing is a small, tiny virus that is called also an allergy. Uh, uh, and also, it's sometimes just uh, can be transferred as fast as air. And it's not, well, mostly it's not genetic. But there is a genetic link. Now, some people have inherited the sneeze reflex. And it's all, it's mostly often linked to exposure of bright light. It can be triggered by other causes too. Now, this photic sneeze reflex, witly dubbed a chew syndrome, Oh, which stands for autosomal dominant compelling helio-ophthalmic outburst. Oh, that's a damn long name. God damn it. <clears throat> because genetically induced sneezing was not, just wasn't funny enough. Oh, come on. <laughs> it is thought to affect 11 and 30% of the population between. So, wow. And with Caucasian females mostly affected. What? The sneezing is a dominant trait, meaning that if one of your parents has the syndrome, there's a 50% that you would have it too. However, the syndrome is often goes underrecorded because, well, people sneeze, come on. It's not something so bad. The exact gene responsible for diseases attacks has to be yet identified. People with the condition can expect to sneeze up up to 40 times each time they walk into bright light or after which their body will adjust. There is no treatment for the condition, <laughs> though it can be managed with the tissues. <laughs> and I have... A flipping no sneeze that I'm actually trying to hold back while laughing. Now we are in fact number five. The, the half of the list. A bent pinky finger. Although it's not always as a result of genetics, a little finger that appears to be to bow outward can be said to be inherited trait. If you want to if you want to find out the reason why you your finger is a bit crooked. It may be worth to check out your parents' hand first, since if one of your parents has a crooked pinky, there is a 50% chance that you would have it too. Now, as a lot of the conditions, the bent finger may not, may have other non-genetic causes, including uh, injury, disease, uh, and also depends also on the degree of the bentness. It can even be something of um, diet, 
say for example if you're someone who didn't have calcium or have a calcium deficiency your bones might get be eaten by each other which can be also thing now uh, to be honest does it really matter as long as it's not a disease as long as it's not something that also affects your other bones and you're not in pain it's fine so and if you're someone who is a little bit shocked or a little bit um a little bit feeling bad or feeling a little bit embarrassed there is actually a corrective surgery about it but come on it doesn't really matter i mean it's a pinky for me it's for me as a person i have my uh, my front phalange which is the index i have it actually bent outward and the top phalange joint that i have is actually bent inwards and it is something that i have because of first of all me training like i said but second of all because my dad has the same thing so that's fine and i'm not like it just looks like my finger wants to be disassembled from my hand me fact number 4 a widow's peak now it is known it is generally known that the male baldness can be linked to the genes inherited from the mother the x chromosome of the mother can contain a genetic predisposition to baldness although it's not the only cause genes passed on from the father can also be a factor although by chances by the chances are higher that the faulty gene was passed by the mother where the baldness occurs before the age of 40 hair loss can also be caused by environment uh, environmental factors particularly smoking and drinking how is how is smoking and drinking an environmental cause that is something that I don't know and in this list they're using picture of Chris Hemsworth who is I think 49 right now like 48 49 his dad and his hair looks better than mine what <laughs> anyway the case of a gene cause of genetic cause of hair loss in the widow's peak oh that's why it's named like that which is much stronger the distinctive v-shaped hairline is a dominant trait that can be passed from the father or mother or and both men and women can have widow's peak although it is much less noticeable in women since they don't tend to lose their hair. The peak refers to a triangular shaped hairline, which becomes more pronounced with hair loss. Oh, oh, so it's like, oh, so it's the side of the hairline. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that is actually very pronounced, especially with men, because they tend to have short hair, but also with women who have, who pull their hair back. Like me, for example. For me, me, I have this problem. Even though I'm 22. Yes. But for me, it's because I actually pull my hair a little bit too tight. Or at least I used to. Not anymore. I mean, I'm trying not to. Trying as much as I can not to. So, that's why. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, although the peak is hereditary, it does not necessarily mean that the baldness will follow as a result. 
Although, it probably will. Ugh. So, yeah. And for me as an advice, I could give to people, at least as someone who, is, who was interested in cosmetics and in beauty and health and all of that. You can actually treat this at a younger age. If you know that this is something that you have, like, before the age of 40, so in, let's say, the end of your 20s to the beginning of your 30s, which is from the age of 27, like, I know, I've known so many people who are below 30, who are even below, below 28, and are bald, are actually bald, because of smoking, because of diet change, and also because of work conditions like I've, I have a friend of mine who is a pilot and even though he has a very strict diet but he used to drink he used to drink alcohol and because of that he actually almost lost most of his hair he has actually this type of problem but he's and the worst part is he's a man and he wears a hat like let's say like captain's hat which also makes it even worse because it actually suffocates the hair follicle, which makes it even fall. Yes, I know I have taken biology classes. What am I supposed to do? Okay, fact number three, a second long toe. And the Morton's toe is an inherited condition where the second toe is longer than the big toe. And occasionally the third toe is also elongated, estimate. Estimates vary on the number of people who have the condition. Hold up a second. Do I have that? Nope. My feet are good. Thank God. Which is named after an orthopedic surgeon rather than a man with unusually long foot digits. Oh boy. Uh, but it can affect between 3 and 20% of the population. Oh wow. Morton believed that the long toe may have been a throwback to a pre-human era where our ape-like cells use a grasping toe. This theory, however, never been proved. The show fitters are apt to call this shape the Greek foot, which is what is very known, after the, classic, the classical sculptures of the ancient Greece where the long second toe was considered the most Aesthetically pleasing, the Statue of, Rebel of Liberty boasts a Morton stow. It is not known whether she inherited it from her mother or her father. Uh, I don't know. I mean, for me, as someone from the Mediterranean Sea, it is known as the Greek foot. And most Algerians that I've known, at least, I. I can't know 40 million people, but the people that I've known, and I've known a lot of people in my life, actually have this foot, have this type of condition of elongated toe. But as long as it, like I said, as long as it doesn't affect their health. Ah, shiz. Hold on. I gotta charge me laptop. Ugh, sorry. Sorry for the sound. Ugh. Okay. Uh, like I said, where was I? Oh yeah, as long as it doesn't uh, affect their health and they don't have any deficiencies and they're very healthy, it doesn't really bother. I'm sure, I'm 100,000% sure that there is a surgery that is corrective for this if it was super bad. 
let's say for example like if someone let's say like me i wear french 41 yes i have big feet even though my feet look small because my feet i have a flat foot my foot is not as curvy i know i have flat feet flappy texan feet even though i'm from Algeria. that is because i i walk a lot barefoot that's why but it doesn't really affect me as much so yeah so that's why there are some people who have the same problem as me having big feet or not finding their shoe size because of this so it could be something like that but it could be also because of people who are in china let's say for example they squish their toes together i think it's called the lotus foot i think it is a practice that is still practiced till this day in which they squish their shoe their foot in tiny tiny shoe for aesthetic pleasing but it also means they break their shut like they break their feet bones from childhood and they're supposed to be like oh no it's aesthetically pleasing and it's like torment it's like you're squishing a ginormous potato in a small ricer in like a garlic ricer for god's sake like a garlic crusher and without even cutting it like you're squishing it like that like that's impossible that's impossible to do now let's go with fact number two a shock of white hair now this is gonna be geeky because this they they're taking i think a picture i don't know who but they're taking a picture of a very handsome boy who looks like a rogue from x-men on which that is actually the trait it's like a shock of white hair. Uh, there is also another Bon Appetit chef called Claire Saffetz. You should check her book that just got out in November. It's a beautiful cookbook that I have. Now, it is also known as a poliosis or a melon streak because it's a white patch of hair usually put in the front of the head. It is actually an inherited Trait. Well, it can be inherited because there are two cases. Unless if you are mending with a lot of stress, you can have it. Or it's inherited. Or if you are a redhead or someone who is has one redhead parent or grandparent and you're a Caucasian or having melanin like me. I, I used to have this. I used to have this streak, actually, before I actually cut it out. I used to have it in the back of my head. So, yeah. Now, the condition is technically not genetic. But, let's say, for example, the hair does not exactly turn instantly white from shock. The patches may also be a system, a symptom of illness. Like I said, it could be also from stress. Now, there appear there appears no associated condition and no downside, since uh, unless you look like uh, either like a spotty dog or a. Um, <coughs> Like Cruella Deville, <laughs> or like Rogue. <laughs> so yeah, 
But I do have some friends of mine who actually studied with me in college who have this, and they're rocket so much. I love it. Because it makes you unique. Like, you're like that unique person who has no illness, but still you're cool. <laughs> I, I kind of envy them, to be honest. I mean, I wanted to re re-dye my hair to have it, but at the same time I was like, eh, no, let me just have it in my nature. If I have it, I have it. Now with fact number one, which is something that I have, like I have actually, like I have. This is something that I have and I hate because I have to listen to music all the time because I have tone deafness. Now, what tone deafness it is, uh, it's technically perfect pitch. And the antithesis, perfect pitch, which is what I have on my right ear, can both be inherited characteristic, known as congenital amusia. Perhaps because it makes people laugh when you try to sing. Inherited tone deafness is a condition on which sufferers are unable to recognize and distinguish musical pieces. They cannot recognize a song from its tune alone and cannot detect when a song is sung out of tune. For me, it's the other way around. I have the perfect pitch in my ear. Uh, studies have also shown that those with disability are not able to detect a striking bum note in a tune, an ability on which most babies are almost able to demonstrate. Although it can manifest as many part as part of a brain injury, the vast majority of those who are tone deaf have no other symptoms. They suffer from no hardships except being banned from karaoke, which isn't a hardship at all. In particular with those conjugal amusia are unable to tell if they are singing out of tune themselves, between 70 and 80% of people who are tone deaf have inherited the condition, and 4% of the population are thought to be affected, which perhaps explains the popularity of dubstep. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, now, this is something that is actually dear and dear and near to my heart because I do have the perfect pitch in my ear like I said that is because I have inherited from my dad my dad is a musician and he has been born with a very sensitive ear like really sensitive ears and he can not only hear very good but also hear very tensely the tone like it's like almost he can see it he can almost see the tone walk by in front of him for me it's the same thing except for me i didn't choose music as a life choice i didn't want to well not i didn't want to i wanted to but my parents refused because my dad um career didn't really help at all with the family so that's why no yeah but i still do make fun of a lot of people when they sing out of tune because I get pissed like literally like it's like someone is like making me a horror movie or something not even a horror movie like to a horror state so yeah now with on this note I thank you so so much for listening I hope I didn't pain you in the butt for so long oh god 
Oh, shiz. 39 minutes. God damn. Well, I hope that you have a wonderful day, night, or, I don't know, morning, wherever you are. And, yeah. Thank you so, so much. And I'll see you later. Bye.